Awesome. All right. Well, here today we're here with Chris Hastings, who is president of the Chicago Sports and Social Club. And uh, I wanted to re interview with you, Chris, because I was very impressed when I first got here uh, from Miami in May just by the scale of the volleyball network mm -hmm. or the volleyball, the amount of games that were happening. I was just yeah. like, wow, this is. I mean, uh, I don't want to ask what kind of car you drive, but <laughs> <laughs> I was making some jokes about that. <laughs> well, I can tell you that the revenue is is decent, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't provide me with enough for multiple cars. I'll tell you that. Right, much. right. But at the end of the day, uh, you know. But we some, do need multiple vans to, to right. get the operation done. But I, I I was just making the joke where you know in some cities the people who run the rec sports leagues are like they have other jobs, part time jobs. But yeah. I just could imagine where it was kind of awesome like you get to do this full-time basically yeah um, because of the scale of the Chicago Beach beaches basically um, and yeah. so we'll kind of get into that I'm sure there's a whole story about permits and just that being available uh, but it's quite a unique city for the, the space that we have I mean New York doesn't have that Miami doesn't I mean Miami could but it it doesn't really have as much of a um, you know, rec league volleyball kind of yeah. expansive, like it, like it is. Um, it is kind of surprising that in Chicago, where we don't have an ocean, people don't think about beaches. We do have some of the the largest space for beach volleyball around, and it's really because the the city and the park district determined that it was a great sport to get people active and using a resource they wanted them to use, which is the beach. So they kind of invested in it, and yeah, we've got. On certain nights, over 3,000 people that play at the same time, and it's hard to find that around the country. There are places, New York's got some decent sand for beach or for beach volleyball, um, and some of the other cities you mentioned, but yeah, in Chicago, it's, it's really unique, and you said you got here in May. Between May and October, everybody wants to be outside, because we only yeah. get a few months where, where we want to be outside all the time, and, and so people just come out, and, and it is our biggest program. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I've... Uh... I, I would think LA would be massive too, but I think it's, you guys, I mean, we were Chicago volleyball beats LA for some reason, even though they have so much space there too. Uh, probably maybe thanks to you. LA might argue with that one. But oh, really? Yes. Well, uh, something about riding a bike down down the Lakeshore Trail and seeing all the volleyball games happening like yeah. every night, it's just like, wow. Uh, I think it's amazing. It's, it's really what drew me to kind of the company and, and then, uh, you know, it's, it is our top sport it's the thing that gets you know us you know, i wouldn't say most excited but it, it certainly draws our attention because of the uh, excitement that it generates right yeah so we'll get into that story i know uh i read a little bit about your bio i think uh you did uh you did start as an intern right it was yep. maybe like 1997 mm -hmm. uh, but even before that uh where were you born chris i was born uh actually in the chicago suburbs in hinsdale illinois yeah. and uh so First house I lived in was in Clarendon Hills, and then we moved to Bolingbrook, and then we moved downstate. I actually grew up primarily in a small town called El Paso, Illinois, a small farming community down by Bloomington. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so you obviously love sports. What were some of your favorite sports when you were a kid? Uh, number one love was baseball. Started with t-ball and little league, and then uh, as I got into high school, it turned into basketball, and then. Uh, football became kind of my favorite sport. Uh, I played uh, basically for a year in college, but um, and then after that, 
would play in our flag football leagues and basketball. Those are the two sports I played the most. Okay. Were you a three-sport varsity athlete? I was. Uh, the nice thing about going to a small high school is yeah. you could uh, you could do that. Um, and probably basketball is my best sport as far as how well I did until my senior year and then football. Um, and then played baseball as well, but uh, I struggled hitting the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then Illinois State University, right? Uh, Illinois Wesleyan oh, for undergrad, Wesleyan. which is also in Bloomington. Okay. Uh, so same basic town, and then uh, ISU for grad school, which is in normal. Okay. And your grad school was was it a business major? Or a business so major? undergrad was business administration, and grad school was sports management. Uh, okay. So I, I decided in high school that was kind of what I wanted to do. I saw this is back in the early '90s, so sport management degrees hadn't really. Um, you know, become that big of a thing. Only a few schools had them. I saw actually a show on ESPN where they were talking about Ohio University and David Stern and, and a few other um, alumni that had done quite well in sports business. And then I wrote a paper about it my senior year in high school. That's what I wanted to do was to get into uh, sport management. And, you know, surprisingly enough, kind of followed through on that. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, sports management is... I guess a lot of kids go into it dreaming about being a GM, right? Yeah. Uh, Do you ever have that? That was that? me, 100%. That was I was all about professional team or major intercollegiate athletics, working in an athletic department. Um, I did an internship with the Buffalo Bills when I was yeah, uh, I saw that. a junior in college, and then I, I worked at Illinois State's athletic department, which is a Division One program in the marketing department, and that was absolutely my kind of path that I was looking at. and just ended up kind of through uh, an acquaintance of my brother's finding um, about out about the sport and social club while I was in the middle of my two years of grad school. I knew I wanted to come up to Chicago for that summer and that opportunity was available and so I took it um, not thinking it was more than you know really a job for the summer so I could have some money and, and enjoy my time up here uh, but fell in love with the company with what it is that we do, providing people with, you know, an active outlet to enjoy the city, and went back to school for my final year of grad school. Still was looking, you know, to get into professional sports, um, but ultimately decided to uh, take a job with Sport and Social when I graduated. It was a full time job, like yeah, it was bills? a full time job, right uh, out of uh, grad school. At that time, the company that I went to work for was the founder of Chicago Sport and Social Club. Her name was Sandy Thomas. She had started the organization in the um, in 1989, actually, with a flag football league at Oz Park, and she had built the company to the point where it was in 20 markets around the country, um, all under the same um, business. And there was a lot of opportunity within the company. Um, and when they hired me, I had an idea that I'd get a lot of um, opportunity pretty early on, and it proved to be true. So by the fourth month, I guess, that I was uh, employed, they put me in charge of the Chicago market, which was the biggest in the company. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it was a tough call because I had some other opportunities within professional sports, actually. Um, coming out of grad school for internships, I was 24 at the time. Again, needed to kind of get my, my life going. I was moving to Chicago, and, and I felt like I needed to have a full-time job. So decided to take it and, uh, you know, again, was given a lot of responsibility early on, and, and that was what kind of drove me. And, mm -hmm. and I, again, I loved what the city or the, the company does for 
um, the citizens and, and really for the city it's a it's got a nice place in in the active lifestyle um, component of Chicago and and again at the time it was in 20 markets um, we currently have an office in Dallas as well yeah so we're working to kind of expand down there um, and possibly we'll expand to other markets as well with with our company but um, you know just being able to provide programs that get people out enjoying the city playing their favorite sport meeting other people um, has really become you know the focus of, of what my career has been yeah what are those other 20 markets uh, pretty much all the major markets so currently there's an association that we helped form back in 2010 that has 65 members from around the country so every major market you could think of for the most part has an organization like ours that is really there to try and provide active outlets for young professionals, adults, um, and a lot of it is co-ed because we're trying to help people, like I said, meet people, um, network um, through athletics and events. We do a lot of you know different types of events as well, but uh, so every major market has organizations like, like ours. San Francisco, New York. San Francisco, New York, LA, Seattle, Dallas, Houston. It's all the same company? Boston, the same uh, all, No, no. The association is. Oh, it's an association, okay. Sport and okay. Social Industry Association is what the association is called. Huh. Um, and for the most part, they're independently run. Uh, there are some organizations that have anywhere from two like us up to, I think the largest one might have about 10 different markets where they've got operations. So, okay. And we all kind of work together, do a lot of knowledge share. Um, we work on marketing programs with sponsors um, sometimes we'll work on events together um, and uh, we have a conference every year and generally just try to help each other out in, yeah. in the industry that's awesome I didn't know you yeah. guys had a conference uh, we do and then do you guys have like a weekly monthly chat or something or like a zoom like a just like a, a call we do um, so there's an executive committee uh, that kind of meets every month uh, there is usually a knowledge share zoom meeting every month um, for all the members We've got a Facebook group and some other tools where people can communicate um, throughout the year as well. Um, through COVID, that was a really good resource uh, with what we do, getting people together um, and you know managing events. Obviously, during COVID, that was really not something you could do right. in most of the country, at least for three months, for sure, everywhere. Uh, so really having that kind of time to, to talk about what we were going through and, and try and help each other figure out what to do to get through it um, was really important. Uh, right. So it was good to have that resource and you know that network to, to work with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Talk a lot about like co-ed, meeting people. How did you end up meeting your wife? Uh, well, that was back in college. So um, that, that happened when I was 20. And uh, that was through, definitely through a, a similar type of thing, I guess, it was, it was a party. <laughs> we met through some friends, yeah. so we met through our own networks, and uh, yeah, that was that was before uh, Sport and Social Club, but the same idea: right. get people together um, that have some like interests, and uh, you know, good things can can really happen for you. Yeah, no, I, I love run clubs. We interview a lot of run club leaders yeah. here on the podcast, and good. you know, there's the run clubs, and then you know, really, you know, your organization and players and the other ones. I mean, those are. Mm-hmm. The other, I mean, if, if anyone is new to a city or wants to make more friends, or even, I, I'd argue anyone who, who uh, enjoys an active, healthy lifestyle should yeah. probably have like a team sport once a week. It's just so cathartic, you know. I, I gotta give a shout out to my indie team. I know indie is like a common name you guys give teams, yeah. but it's, it usually means that it's a free agent team that got put yeah. together. 
Uh, I gotta give shout out to my indie team. Yep. Uh, we got uh, Monday Luke, nights at yeah. St. George. Monday Church, nights, right? St. George Good. basketball. Yep. Um, and something special about this one not being co-ed, mm-hmm. we really all bonded. Uh, I mean, can't say we won the league or anything, but we ended up like going out and becoming really good friends like outside yeah. of the games. Yeah. Um, like Michael, Adam, Luis, uh, I can't really forget anybody. There's like there's like eight or ten of us. Um, Great. And yeah, we all went on a boat the other weekend. And nice. it was just like... Those are our favorite stories <laughs> to hear um, because there is a lot of that. You know, you just moved here, you said in May, and you want to play basketball, right? So that's our, our whole goal is to be that resource where a if you've got a group of people great come on out we'll have people for you to play but but if you're new and you don't have as many people that you know or that play your sport we want to help you know facilitate you know that that opportunity for you to meet people and that's the best story is when that happens when you sign up as an individual or a free agent and you meet those folks that become hopefully lifelong friends in a lot of cases that's what happens at least for the time that people are in in the city um and uh we've got those are the best stories we hear them quite yeah. a bit it's it's awesome yeah especially if you're out there listening and uh you know maybe you're a little scared to join a league definitely see if you can get one of your close friends to go in with you on it it's really easy just to say hey put me on the same team as this person when you sign up or you can do it at any point but going in with a buddy also makes it more fun too because uh, you're guaranteed to have like a really close friend at the game. So those have been yeah. my favorite leagues and teams when I, I bring at least one buddy in with me. Right. Uh, and that's usually what I find in these yeah. teams is like a, a lot of people are, you know, them and their one of their best friends right. are doing it. Right. And, and then through that, they end up meeting, you know, tons of more friends. Yeah. And um, the, it doesn't stop at the game, right? Like you said, you typically, you know, people will play and then they'll go out afterwards, right? Get something to eat, maybe have a, a drink or two. Um, and just extend the experience beyond just the court or the field. Yeah, absolutely. So do you play any leagues currently, Chris? I'm not currently. I did. uh, I used to play in a couple per season. Um, I tore my Achilles tendon playing uh, back in 2012, and since then it slowed me down a bit, but I have played in some of our beach volleyball leagues since then. Yeah. Um, I try to play. Like I said, I played a lot in my 20s and 30s um, and could still play now, so I might look to do something. We just... Started a new sport, pickleball, which I'm kind of thinking about, um, and uh, but we've got plenty of opportunities, so right. I'm thinking about yeah. one to do. Okay, so yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to Chicago, uh, I feel like you guys have tapped most of the real estate, you know, that's available to sports, right? What do you think? Like, is there? Are you guys just kind of like going to maintenance going forward, or like, what do you see as like big growing opportunities? So. We've done a lot more with events now, and there is, so geographically, we're really, we do our best work along the lakefront, um, from about 18th Street up to close to Evanston, and about as far west as California. Um, So there's opportunity for us to grow and expand, and we're looking for those opportunities. There's an amazing network of parks the city of Chicago has, so there's other neighborhoods that we're we're trying to figure out if we can start some programs there and expand that way. We've done a few things in the suburbs. Um, our grab a game concept, which is pickup play. So beyond the league side of things, if people just want to play pickup, we do have an option called grab a game. Mm. You can kind of play one game at a time, we say, or you, know, you pick your sport and we've got a few different locations. We're doing a little bit of that in the suburbs. So there's some potential opportunity there. Um, and then 
we've expanded greatly our kind of event side of the business. So we do some larger one to 5,000 person events now that we weren't doing 10 years ago. Um, we have uh, a more going on with company events as well, where we're working with corporations that want to do an outing with their employees, get them together, give them a great experience. So we're doing some expansion in, in that regard. Um, and then the other thing that you know we always kind of look around for is real estate. Is, is there a place where we can mm -hmm. kind of open up our own, whether it's a gym or, or fields, um, that's something that we'd like to try and do as well at some point. Yeah. So from an expansion standpoint, those are some of the things that, that we're working on. Yeah, I feel like Chicago is a massive city. Yeah. So when it comes to the suburbs, definitely there's still you know room to grow out there and um you know plenty i guess with the remote work i guess there's still a lot of companies strong and strong cultures here in chicago that mm -hmm. i'm sure uh you know you kind of just make yourself known to them that you know it can kind of improve you know employee morale or whatever just to have teams yeah we do a lot with wellness and and that's something that we've been building on for a number of years and Right now, I think as much as any time, that's important, right? If people aren't working together in the office, if we can help get them together outside the office, whether it's through a league or, or through some type of an event, I think that's even more valuable than it used to be. Um, what's been fun to see, you know, after last year where, as you can imagine, most companies weren't spending money on that type of thing because they had to be careful. Um, and, and really just people not getting together as much heard it, but this year that's come back quite a bit. And we certainly heard, you know, positive feedback about the impact that it can create. And, and we plan to, to try and help spread the word and get more and more companies looking at us as a wellness opportunity, just like a gym or the things that they might support their employees yeah, being a part of. Definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, these permits. I know it's like pretty okay. like famous that I guess you guys have really great permits and that's probably one of the major costs. Like how yeah. hard was it to get those or how much do you have to pay for them? Like a lot? Yeah, sure. it's it's our biggest expense for sure is the space. Just think of anything else. It's, it's real estate, right? Um, having a place to play is, is very costly. Um, and that's, you know, we worked hard at it over the years and we still work hard at it every day. Uh, whether it's here or in Dallas, um, we're constantly trying to find new places to play. And it's all about convenience, you know, for the, the folks that play in our programs. If we can do something within a few blocks of where they live or where they work, they're interested in doing it. If we can't, then mm. that interest is, is much less. So we're, we're constantly kind of looking around to find what might be a new opportunity. Um, and then we have to make sure that, you know, when we do have a program somewhere, we manage it appropriately and effectively so that, you know, whoever we're using space from or with um wants us as a tenant right? right so we work really hard to build relationships and hopefully become you know something that our partners on that side can look at as you know hey we're going to bring in some revenue but in a lot of cases we're also bringing them you know clients potentially um because it, it's a good group that that we have participating with us and and that can lead to more business for them as well. Yeah. So did you, uh, do you have any close connections? Is there anyone specifically in Chicago politics that like in terms of parks and rec or something that has like a lot of pull in, in all this? Not so much. Uh, we work closely with the park district, with the public schools um, from time to time. And it's not so much relationship other than, you know, we're, we're a tenant, right? So we've 
been able to produce in terms of getting people to use the parks, right? That's an important thing for any city, I think, or any town. Mm-hmm. Um, you want an active, you know, city or an active uh, community. So what we've done is taken times where maybe there wasn't as much activity, programmed it to bring people out, uh, which helps drive certain the things within the micro economies around those parks. And, um, you know, we're doing good programming. So on the park district side, there's not any one person. Um, we work with uh, the revenue department. We work with all the supervisors locally at the parks that we're permitting. So it's a very organic thing. And you know, while we do have an agreement that allows us to utilize space, um, it still has to be space that's available at the local parks. So right. we work individually, which I do with each supervisor, um, and as well as the revenue department to coordinate okay the time's available we're going to do the program the right way and then here's what we're going to pay and okay. make sure that we pay our bills so what what percentage of your time like in the office is like based is like setting up new leagues or dealing with issues staffing hiring like where do you spend most of your time so as a company we've got um 10 full-time employees right now and about 120 uh, part-time so we kind of divide those responsibilities, as you can imagine. Um, we're serving typically about 100,000 people um, in Chicago a year. In Dallas, about 20,000. We have another two full-time employees, two and a half really there, and about 40 part-time folks. So we've got to kind of split those tasks up. Um, I focus a lot of my time on the kind of facility acquisition and utilization side of the business, which is trying to find places to play. So that's, that's about 30% of my time is focused on that. Um, we need places to play, we need places to do events. Um, and so I do spend a lot of time there. If you looked at where our resources you know, are spent from a personnel perspective, the staffing and managing kind of the equipment and all the things that go into a league is probably another, and the, the administration of a league, the scheduling, the bracketing, right. um, the communication, that's probably another 40% of where our focus is. Um, that's a, a daily thing that has to be done, so it takes a lot of resources. Um, and then, of course, we have marketing that we need to do and that we uh, work hard to do um, to get the word out to as many people as we can about what we're, we have to offer. Um, we also have a sponsorship component to what we do, so we work with partner brands to uh, let them have um, an audience with our folks and uh, that's uh, a big part of what we like. Do are you too. on the shirts? I didn't notice. Like, there's really not much branding on the shirts. I mean, there's room for that. Like, you yeah. have a Nike sign or something. We typically there. will have anywhere from eight to ten annual partners. Oh, on the um, back of the shirt. So you'll see that. Thing. Yeah, on the back. Um, on the basketball jerseys, it is on the front. Um, but uh, so some of them get that exposure. Others do things more on an event by event basis. Some might be more digital, so they're on a website, they're on social channels, that type of thing. Um, but uh, we've been able to develop a, a pretty robust um, group of partners that, uh, you know, the nice thing is a lot of those are, are annual, so they come back because uh, we're able to, to do good work for them. Mostly local or? Uh, actually more national. So what are some of the biggest ones you can bigger, name? So Corona, Corona Seltzer, um, Tito's, Screwball Whiskey, those are on the alcohol side in Chicago. Down in uh, Texas, we work with New Belgium, which is Fat Tire. Um, and a few other brands that they've got. 
uh, Truly, which is a hard seltzer. We work with Wilson Sporting Goods, Athletico Physical Therapy uh, here locally. Um, we have a partnership with Xfinity Mobile um, on the mobile phone side. Uh, they've been partners for many years. Um, who else we're working with right now? We're we're starting one uh, partnership with Lululemon. Um, so lifestyle brands, certainly on the athletic side, um, we focus on. And then, you know, because we do do a lot uh, with events, we get some alcohol sponsors as well. Right. Yeah. What is uh? So I suppose like you, you're basically a lot of the like going out for or pitching to sponsors and stuff. Is that kind of your role? Kind of big picture stuff like that? No, actually, uh, Nikki in our office um, is focused on that. Um, I work with her on that, but, but we have someone dedicated to that because it's okay. that big of a piece of our business. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I, it needs a lot of, yeah. you know, that's all about relationships, building the trust that, hey, we do have a good audience for you, and, and here's how we can deliver for you. Yeah, for sure. Well, was it your idea to go to Dallas, or how did that happen? No. Um, funny enough, uh, just a friend there wasn't an, an organization there and a friend called and said hey this organization's about to die are you interested and so with they were down to really not much participation at all and, and the owner had said they were just going to give it up so we worked out a deal um, and that was back in 2007 we had an office in san francisco for a while philadelphia orlando um, and we found local operators it was tough in those markets the the local operators that we had we ended up selling the businesses to them and they're still going today yeah no i think uh knowing what you know about you know how to run a successful you know league like this on a grand scale i'd say one you probably have a lot of good advice for other you know operators mm -hmm. um and two you know maybe you can also be uh one of your roles could perhaps be to Identify cities that could really, you know, use more of what you have and what you what you know how to create. So, um, sure. do, do any cities come to mind that are really lacking in in this? The one that I would say, I just I know a lot of folks that are doing this around the country, and a lot of them do a great job. Um, and but there's one in particular, probably Los Angeles, is definitely a market that you know has been in the back of my mind just because there's not. Um, a large group doing this um, and obviously you can be active all year round there right that's a, a real nice benefit we don't have that luxury here although we do a lot indoors but uh, I think LA is and it's such a big market yeah right? so there could be a number of different organizations that could do this type of thing for sure yeah. and so if you had to like pin it down maybe what do you think is one secret to your success or what would be some advice that you would give to someone who's trying to start uh, like a league in their in their city I think, you know, make sure that uh, as a foundation, you've got to have good programming. So that's something we, we work very hard at making sure that we have a quality product. Um, there's a lot of factors that can, you know, be challenging when it comes to doing, especially if you're dealing with outdoors, right? You've got weather. Um, when you're dealing with athletics, you've got officiating and other types of concerns that, that can cause issues with the customer experience but at the end of the day if if you're putting out a good product in terms of being organized communicate well um, and and have good locations that's the foundation you need and you need enough scale right to be able to create a business around it so 
um, you got to be careful about where you're looking because if, if those opportunities aren't there and, and as you said at the beginning of our discussion Chicago we're blessed here because there are so many amazing parks and resources for athletics um, in and around where majority of people well not the majority but a large amount of people live um, other markets can be challenged right so Dallas for instance is a little more challenging for us because it's very spread out as well so we have to be in Dallas we have to be in Richardson we have to be in Farmers Branch um, we're not even doing anything in Fort Worth at this point but that's on the list of where we'd like to try and expand but it's just so massive um, that that can be a little bit challenging because yeah. you're dealing with a lot of geography at that point yeah for sure and yeah a lot of other cities are a bit more spread out perhaps Mm-hmm. Um, then Chicago yep. is definitely true. Uh, what is maybe one secret of marketing, like in terms of motivating people to sign up for leagues? Um, I think you've got to be able to tell the story about why it's fun, right? Okay, yeah, basketball is fun, but why is basketball in our league more fun than just going to the park to, to play pickup, right? Um, and so we try to message a lot around what makes it fun, the idea that you're going to meet people, the idea that... Um, you know, you're going to hopefully, um, you know, network and do more than just play basketball. We have what's called a sponsor bar, so there's a place to go afterwards if you want to, um, that we've worked out some specials. Um, and, you know, the consistency, I think, of offerings, too, is important. Uh, we try to find places we can play at kind of season after season. Um, and and we find that m- most people, if they really like to play, they'll, they'll play over and over again. Yeah. Um, the one sport that is different than that is our biggest, which is beach volleyball, which is kind of funny, but that's a very seasonal sport, right? Um, and so we have added a second season to that, and we get a lot of people that convert and play indoor volleyball. Um, but, uh, you know, really just that foundation of, of a solid program and uh, making sure you're able to tell the story of why it's going to be a good time is, is what helps get people to sign up. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely different than just playing pickup just like the certainty that you have a game certainty that you know in that hour it's very efficient you know you're like yeah in that hour yeah. I'm gonna play with my squad and we're gonna build on what yeah. we had last and it feels week. funny right because growing up most games of, of everything we played took longer than an hour but I think as adults the efficiency is is really something that people value you value your own time we've seen a great shift in you know the 20 plus years I've been doing this Weekends used to be, um, I guess, much larger in terms of participation than they are now. And I think it's because the way people value their time has changed. And the weekends, just having a commitment on a Saturday for six to eight weeks, that's not nearly as appealing as it used to be. Um, And I do think that has a lot to do with just the way, in general, the amount of offerings, things that you can do, has expanded greatly and uh, so we definitely it's important to be efficient with with how you block the different offerings that we've got in the program so that people know yeah I can go there and get this done in a couple hours then it's up to me if I want to hang out more with Mm. my teammates or not but yeah yeah for sure I know like time is limited at these courts maybe because of school or something but some of the games are pretty late are you ever are you ever is there basically is there a reason some of the games are so late it really comes down to the lack of space. If we could just play from seven to nine everywhere, yeah, and efficiencies, 
that would be ideal. Most people right. probably would rather do that than have to try and make a six o'clock game or, or play at ten o'clock. Yeah. Um, however, there aren't that many gyms or courts or fields, unfortunately, um, to be able to do that and meet the demand of the amount of people who want to play. So it really comes down to that. Um, the, the supply of, of where to play isn't good. And, you know, to a degree, as a business, that would hurt our efficiency tremendously. If we had 100 people and had to play the, have them play at three different locations versus one, right. that means extra staff, extra equipment, all those things. Now, we do that. Uh, when it comes to in the summer, we have many programs that just play until 8.30 at night because there aren't lights, right? So we do a lot of softball, kickball, soccer, what have you, on fields in a much more condensed uh, time frame uh, because the fields are there at that point. Um, and we can't play any later because of restrictions due to darkness. But really when it comes to the gyms, it's, it's about there just aren't enough to be able to only offer those times people would yeah, no, it's uh, it's what it is. Like, I'd rather that than nothing. So yes, exactly. <laughs> so, but I hear the I, I understand. I hear the customer concerns coming. I love it. No, it you know, sense. you know, it's the yeah. thing. Like, oh my god, another, another ten o'clock game. Ten o'clock game is tough. <laughs> you know, getting up the next morning for work. Yeah. Yeah, but it's hey, it's sacrifice, and I guess it's mm-hmm. uh, allows more people to play, which is like really what matters. For sure. Um, speaking yeah. of that, I'm sure last year was tough. I. Last year, I was well in Miami. I was constantly giving Steve over at a like Florida Club Sports like a call like every week. Like, hey, when are we playing? When yeah. when can I sign up for basketball? And he's just like, hey, man, I'm working on it. Yep. He was such a like a great sport about it. Uh, but it took a long time. And and I'm, yep. were you guys closed all last summer? No. So it was it was really rough. Um, basically, St. Patrick's Day weekend is when Chicago shut down and Dallas soon thereafter. So. By about the 20, 20th of March, we had basically had to stop because uh, none of our programs, we, we couldn't have them um, safely, you know, and, and A, B, none of the players wanted to play at that point. Um, and the, the cities were, were really not allowing it. The facilities we used weren't open for it, right? So we stopped then. Um, July 13th was when we were able to come back and start playing outdoors in Chicago and down in Texas it was about two weeks before that so thankfully we were able to get a modified kind of it was very small though we last year was less than 20% of a normal year Mm. um, for us so it was tough we had to you know furlough employees and um, basically work with every vendor we had to try and make it through. Uh, we were able to do so. By really April of this year, we got back to 90% plus um, so far for this year. The fall is going to be interesting. I'm a little worried with the Delta variant and right now the mask mandate uh, that's in place because you're a basketball player. I'm not sure if you've played in a mask yet. <laughs> I think it, you can do it fine and we've had plenty of people do it, but there's a lot of folks that don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, no. It's, um, it so we're trying to, you know, message that appropriately and, and positively because it is certainly a little bit annoying, right? But um, if you want to play, you can do so very safely. You want to create a Chicago bubble for us? A little tournament? Right. <laughs> Certainly. We, we could all live in the same spot and just play basketball all the time, right? 
Yeah, speaking like of uh, the NBA bubble that uh, successfully happened, yeah. that was great. Uh, are there any Chicago pro athletes that ever try their hand at rec? We've had a few come through from time, very few and far between. Um, it's funny, actually, I think it was 2019, or maybe it was actually 2020, when we went on, so we go on sale with our spring and summer uh, programs, usually in February. Um, and I want to say it was last year, uh, Frank Kaminsky, of all people, an NBA player. Frank, if you hear this, this was, this was a fun day in our office to see this. He was the first person to sign up for a softball league in 2020 with Chicago Sport <laughs> and Social Club. And he had, he had friends that uh, I guess he used to play softball with. He would played the year before. He's an NBA basketball player. He was in the finals with the Suns yeah. this year. Um, he went to Wisconsin. But uh, he's played in the leagues um, a couple times. We had Doc Rivers at a league a few years ago playing, believe it or not. Um, Basketball? No, flag football. Yeah, he just happened to show up. Um, Antoine Walker at one point was playing in a basketball league randomly. Um, But not so much. I mean, we might get a few ex minor league players. Right, they might get distracted. If they get, you know, too hounded with, like, autographs or whatever. It's a little distracting. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, man, so... I know you put on events at Bollywood. Was that yep. all, Corona also like a big sponsor for that too? Or? Yeah, that's one of the biggest events that we do with them. Um, they're kind of a title sponsor of that event. Yeah. So they help us. Bollywood's a, a great event. Um, we've been doing it for over 10 years. And it's a beach volleyball tournament and a beach party at North Avenue Beach. Um, we usually get four to 5,000 people to come. Um, the programming with music the last five years has been uh, EDM DJs. So yeah. this year we had Cheat Codes um, and Audion, and they were kind of our headliners. Um, we also had Destructo, but it was a great day. Uh, we usually have about 200 beach volleyball teams that play in the tournament, and then full party on the beach with a stage, um, yeah. food, drinks, the whole deal. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, have you ever uh, had... If you had any like young or young professional volleyball players just like become really good through playing in your leagues and then like go pro or like go to the Olympics or something? So we've had not anyone that I can identify, but with our tournaments, um, we work with the AVP, which is the Association of Volleyball yeah. Professionals, and we do qualifiers typically um, out on the beach. And so some of those players go on to play in the professional tournaments. Haven't seen one win a gold medal yet, but. Uh, Hopefully someday that'll happen. We did just work with the ABP. They were in town over Labor Day. They were in Oak Street Beach yeah. over there. Yeah, it was yep. a great little setup they had yeah. there. And we do a amateur tournament while they're in town. We also kind of work with them on some of the facets of their event. So we spent the weekend working there. They had an awesome event. Um, thousands of people came through. And uh, the uh, winners of the women's side had won the gold medal. Um, Let's see, April Ross and her partner's last name is Kleiman. I can't remember her first name, but they had won the Olympic gold medal and mm. they won uh, here as well. Damn. Yeah. yeah, that's that's great. Definitely volleyball is huge. Yeah. Now, in San Francisco, one thing I liked was uh, Volo League or something. Basically, they were really good about, um, they had was kids. Volo? Volo, yes. yeah. They were, like, they were basically also yeah. promoting kids leagues, kids playing for free. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. we even had a, uh, there was also like a, a a softball tournament for charity that we did. Yeah, and I, I was a volunteer for that. Um, are you? Are there any of those similar projects here? In yeah. The works? So we have um, a brand within our programs we call Play for More. It's 
so PLA, the number four, and then the word more. And about 15% of our leagues are play for more leagues. So in those leagues, every team identifies a charity they want to play for. And we allow them to kind of express who that is and talk to the other teams in the league about it. And then if they win the league, we make a donation on their behalf to that charity. So last year and this year, we will have donated about $25,000 towards um, different charities. And so it should end up being between thirty to 40000 per year when we're at mm. kind of full strength um, that we'll donate uh, to various charities that our participants want to support. Right. And what about uh, kids leagues? I know, I mean, one thing, one idea that comes to mind is that a lot of these fields and playing areas, yes, the young professionals get out of work around six and do yeah. that, but like kids get out of school much earlier. So yep. do you think there's, is there untapped potential or to kind of get kids playing more sports or I mean, how much are schools handling that well or how much is there a need for more? Yeah, of that? I think there's probably a need for more. It's something, you know, we've, we've kind of thought about, we haven't done much with yet. Um, there are some really good private groups and not-for-profits um, out there that do good work for kids, but um, I don't think you never have enough opportunity for yeah. kids to do things. Um, so it, it's definitely something that I think there's more room for other folks to be offering uh, programs. Definitely. I and, and there's a lot, yeah, certainly, I think you've kind of seen it and you mentioned it, some of the parks that we use their program pretty consistently from about three o'clock on um, most days of the week. And, uh, but there's some that, that still have openings. Definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's a whole other group of organizations that runs kids leagues. Um, but definitely there's, yeah, it'd be great not to see any parks ever empty that are, yeah. that are great. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously some nice to have some space for pickups to come, come about, come together. Yeah. Um, have you played uh Speaking of you, so you played any other sports besides basketball? Uh, volleyball. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I was doing some softball in San Francisco. Um, soccer, actually. I would have done a soccer. I played soccer in high school. I would have done soccer. It was just so, the games were so late. It was like a, yeah. I think it was like an 8 to 10.30 league or something. And I was just yep. like, yeah. Gotcha. I'd yep. rather have some at least that start around right. 7. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh yeah, no, bas basketball and, and volleyball, volleyball are probably my favorites, just like gotcha. kind of more relaxed. Yep. Um, yeah, so San Francisco, we, like I said, we had an organization there uh, for a while, and, and I worked out there a decent amount in early 2000s. What an active market. That is a fun place to Yeah, to our, our league was in the marina. Yeah, uh, the actually, all my leagues were in the marina. I played, uh, played at that YMCA basketball there, too. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful city, man. beautiful city. Yeah. Definitely a little more, I guess, the terrain changes a lot more than Chicago, but. Uh... It certainly does. <laughs> if you're uh, on a divvy, some advice would be grab a uh, moment to pedal assist if you're gonna hit those hills. Be careful. Oh, yeah. Those aren't <laughs> yes. even enough. I had to get a motorcycle but when I live in San Francisco and all the bikes started on, catching mm -hmm. on fire. Oh yeah. And so they like took away my electric assist and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go get my motorcycle license. Yep. Wow. And then I got a motorcycle like a month later, uh, which was sweet actually. That's one of the, my favorite cities to motorcycle around because oh, yeah. it's be like fast. there's a lot of two uh, lane streets that mm -hmm. you can just like whip right in the middle of cars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a thrill. I'd get to like one end of San Francisco to the other in like under 20 minutes. Amazing. And my friends would be like, "Wait, how'd you get here so fast? I just called you." Like, okay. 
it was that was yeah it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world if not yeah. the most um but it's not as warm as chicago it doesn't have no. our weather here that's for it sure does not. every time yeah. i check i'm like oh yeah september october is their indian summer yet i check and it's still like you know it's like mid 60s and i'm like all right <laughs> yeah i'm happy here yeah no i the, you can't beat summers in chicago i think and and i agree san francisco is beautiful but i think chicago rivals it uh, especially in the summer Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the events and lake. festivals and yeah. the boat life. I mean, the the water yeah. life is quite impressive. Uh, it's For almost sure. rivals Miami in a way, but yeah. um, you know, definitely, definitely. I, I feel like you probably you guys do boat outings with the team and stuff. We've or? done some um, as events for you know, kind of our, our customers, but uh, yeah, we've actually had some really fun um, intern outings. We we used to take a boat out. We didn't the last two years. Because of COVID, but annually we would take a, a day on the on the water with the staff. Yeah, it's a fun way to kind of end the summer. Yeah, definitely. There's some. Uh, I did one of those bigger party boats. Have you thought about putting together like athletes on a party boat kind of thing? Yeah, uh, we've done a few in the past. Um, so I'm sure that's something we'll do again. Yeah. yeah, there's a few boats where you can get a couple hundred people, and it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays, Navy Pier does fireworks. Those are good nights to go out. Seeing as you also work with uh, the concerts, a little music, uh, one of my favorite things is in Boston, they uh, they have this, out of the seaport, they have this party boat that goes out like every Saturday and it has like really good DJs on it yes. and like three that. decks of DJs. Yep. And it's one of my favorite, uh, my favorite things, like uh, summers in Boston, cool. just table list helps run that, yep. um, those concerts on the water and it's like, I haven't really seen that like replicated very well anywhere else. Um, like that really, really awesome. good DJs out on yeah. the water. I feel like your organization yeah. could pull it off. I like that. Good idea. <laughs> All right, well, it's my idea. I get to come for free. You come for Plus free. Plus five tickets for Absolutely. friends. <laughs> Whatever you want. All right, Up man. to 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, dude. Uh, so usually around this point, we start asking a few last questions. Like sure. uh, what are some of um, like your good healthy habits, morning habits, daily habits that you can share with others? Coffee? Is that, is that, uh, does that I support count? it. I support um, coffee. I do try to run or do something active as often as I can. So in the mornings, I'll do that. I can't say it's all that consistent, but hopefully a couple of times a week I, I get out for a run. Um, you know, I do think playing in our leagues is a good way to, to kind of stay fit. Uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, just eating of course got to watch you know what you eat but uh, my healthiest habit is probably running every now and then <laughs> so i could use some work in there okay day. yeah join <laughs> some of these run clubs in chicago man. yeah for sure um yeah are you uh are you a chef do you cook like what, what do you how do you yeah. describe your, your food um, interests i would say I, I really enjoy cooking i would like to do it more um but uh i love cooking and you know to me it's fun we're so lucky now to be able to just Google a recipe for something we want to eat. Um, and it gives you every step of the way, yeah. kind of what you need to do. Nice to add your own spice to it or your own flavor. Um, you know, just knowing what you like, but I do enjoy cooking quite a bit. Um, I've challenged myself to learn how to cook a brisket. I've done one so far. Ooh. I'm looking forward to doing another one, hopefully, uh, possibly this weekend. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, speaking of that, I mean, that's, Football season, so it's yeah. good barbecue season. Are you a big 100%. Bears fan? or I am a Bears fan. Um, I'm hopeful for this year. I'm a little worried, but I am hopeful. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, football season fall is, is kind of my favorite time of the year. Um, we do flag football with our programs here and down in uh, Texas, and uh, it's always fun to see those leagues kind of kick off and get started. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, good testosterone in the air, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I can't wait. When, yeah, football is definitely my favorite season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's something about uh, just like the new age gladiators, you know, going at it, and it's, yeah. it's just very, they're all so brave, you know, it just kind of inspires you a little bit, um, yeah. gets your blood flowing. Even as a fan, yeah. um, I'm a Pats fan actually. Gotcha. Grew up near Boston. You've won, you've won some titles lately. What's uh, your take on you know life after Tom? I'm very excited for Sunday. See what this rookie's got. Yeah, Mac Jones. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had Bill draft a first round quarterback like ever. So um, pretty That's exciting. Big. Garoppolo, you know, we got. Yep. You know, he's start. I guess he did okay, but uh, that was only a second round. Did you cheer for the? Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, or were you rooting against them? I did not root against. No, I I smiled at Tom, just like wow. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, no, I can't say that I like bought a Bucks jersey or anything. Yeah. My dad and my bros, I can't say the same about them. They jumped shit yeah. very fast. But they, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of you know thinking Belichick would, you know, if someone was going to win one again, I would have probably thought it'd be him first. But yeah. I was. It was pretty impressive, and you know, yeah, they've got a good team, but you know, he's the goat, right? It's it's uh, people are talking about seventeen to zero, so we'll see what yeah. happens with that. But at the end of the day, the Pats didn't have like all their like half their best defensive starters just took the year off for yeah. COVID. Right. So it's going to be that. pretty interesting this season. What yeah. happens? Um, I'm assuming they'll be back. Yeah. It. I as a Pats fan, you can't really ever be sad (laughs) after how much we've won we're just kind of perennially spoiled Mm -hmm. so uh but i'm excited to uh definitely experience some wins i can't imagine being a longtime browns fan or anything definitely anytime there's a new rookie in the mix first rounder like the bears justin fields yep that's always a little exciting even you know just to observe um that potential for stardom i know in miami Tua was kind of exciting to watch him even if you know he's still working on it but um, definitely an uh, exciting time for sports fans. Yeah, and, uh, 100%. It'll be interesting to see yeah, what happens with... I assume Fields will play this year at some point. Right. It's just a matter of when. and um, He's exciting. He's, some, some of the things he did in the preseason were, were really fun to watch. So it should be fun. Yeah, and that's actually what a bucket list experience for me. Chicago, Soldier Field. Oh, yeah. Very picturesque. I just run by it a lot on like, yeah. my marathon trainings and like... Seems like it's got this Greek architecture kind of thing, and yeah. like I I want to go inside. That's like one of my things on my oh, list. Oh, you'll love there. it. It's uh it's really unique, and uh, there's really not a bad seat. Um, some of the really high up ones. I had season tickets for a few years, second to the uh, top row on the 400 level. So I've been in some of the worst seats there, <laughs> <laughs> but it was still fine. And those games are amazing. They're yeah. fun to watch. I think Soldier Fields. You know, it's it's disappointing, or it's unfortunate, I should say. That capacity isn't greater. It's I think it's the smallest stadium. And Wrigley's in, pretty tiny too, yeah. Because um, it's such a wonderful location and um, it's beautiful, but you know it's it's tough. I think it can be kind of tough for the Bears because the limitations. Right. I mean, money wise. And but it's my favorite venue in the city. To have a stadium that close to downtown is amazing. Like uh, yeah. I know, like in Boston, Foxborough is like 
good like 45 minute hour drive it's not right. like you're in boston mm -hmm. and uh even san francisco you know it's a little yeah it's all the way down to santa clara uh so yeah it's pretty unique that the bears are right there yeah and it's pretty awesome the new york teams are in new jersey right um yeah so, so. it's pretty unique and yeah. uh that's, that's what you sacrifice for you know small amount of seats you get the location and make it a little extra special for people yeah um so yeah what are some of your uh i guess last last couple of questions what's some of your favorite businesses even like maybe restaurants or just like chicago old-time establishments that you really like well i i love let us entertain you. We've we've done some things working with them. Their restaurants are fantastic. What kind of restaurants? Um, uh, so they've got the RPMs, RPM Italian, RPM Steak, um, RPM Seafood. Uh, let's see, Summer House is is one of theirs. Uh, Portofino's, um, Maggiano's. Uh, they've got so many good restaurants, and and they're all fantastic. So. ABBA is one of theirs, so definitely love those. But there are so many amazing restaurateurs in Chicago. I mean, you got the Gibsons and, and those places. Yeah. I love those. Uh, in the West Loop, the culinary scene's amazing. Um, Boca Restaurant Group, I got to mention them. We've, we've done a number of things with them, and they've got, I don't know, a dozen to 20 amazing locations. Um, and then there's plenty of bar groups that have, you know, a lot of places. So you could go i think there's there's hundreds no yeah, yeah. we've interviewed a couple um, chefs sorry yeah so you know i love that scene just being able to go uh and literally try a new restaurant um pretty much every week if you wanted to and then go to a favorite every week if you wanted to and mix it up what it is um so yeah, yeah. love the the restaurant bar scene well spoken yeah it's definitely amazing. it's it's pretty renowned yeah. Um, so who are, within all this, all these cool businesses and stuff, uh, maybe who's like a really fun character that might be fun for the podcast? Fun for you to interview? To interview? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of them, I'm sure. You can also uh, shout out some famous athletes that I can go after too. <laughs> I, think, I love uh, Scotty. I keep, I keep, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to message. Yeah. Like, well, there's a, a few you know they're doing some good work down if you heard about what uh, sam Acho has done over in the austin neighborhood he'd be one to look up he's sam a really Acho. bright guy i've heard him quite a bit um i think jason hayward would be interesting to talk to he's doing some cool stuff um i've heard a lot you know with uh ian happ is doing some cool things they're kind of locally focused he's got uh a coffee program though so maybe those three okay would be something to, to look at yeah definitely i'll, I'll look into um, that yeah there's no shortage man this, no, this town has got a a lot of characters and uh definitely not. and I'll, I'll think about the the podcast as far as who else let me give that some thought and, and get you some names. yeah i appreciate that every time i ask that some people are like oh you should have asked me before and yeah. then they're like i go i can't and then i pause and then eventually something comes out but mm -hmm. i haven't had them be like you know i'm gonna Actually, a couple of times it's happened, but it's always refreshing when they're like, you know, I'll, I actually will give that some thought later on and, and get back yeah. to you on that because that takes well. some thought too. Um, yep. But that's what it's all about, man. Great characters sure. and yeah. definitely keeping it keeping it different, you know. So uh, we've had like an Olympic marathoner. We've had cool. like a lift driver. It's just like different mm -hmm. characters every week, keeping it interesting and keeping our, uh, keeping our uh, perspectives different, right? It's always great to... To hear what your perspective is, because 
definitely I think sports is very important to community and there's a lot of room for improvement in the greater world, right? And yeah. uh, so I think uh, it's great. I think anyone can reach out to Sports and Social or, or yourself yep. on LinkedIn or whatever if they 100%. have any questions yep. about how to start a league or I think uh, there's really a lot of room for improvement in, in, in the US, in the world actually even. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, uh, would love everybody to come through a program and give it a shot and uh, hopefully yeah come play come sign up hit play, the site yep yeah, either your favorite sport or, or learn a new one there's we have levels for everybody there's always something starting up soon and tag your best friend and yeah. come join and you will not regret it because uh, at the end of the day you will make a few more close friends um, it's pretty much inevitable and yeah. it's just like one of the best bang for your bucks I do have a question for you before we go so we do keep personalized stats in basketball oh god <laughs> so a <laughs> do you enjoy that and b what's your uh, points per game average oh well, i haven't checked uh <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to look it up oh god <laughs> well i'll say i don't want to be just putting out excuses out there but uh i'm training for the marathon and yep. uh, i do that sunday long run and then mondays oh well, that's gotta be I'm, tough. my league is on mondays yeah. and i usually go to the gym monday so Bear with me. I'm I'm playing basketball after uh, like yeah. a long run Sunday and a gym session Monday, so that's uh, my excuse. But uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, as long <laughs> as you're having fun, that's all that matters. No, I did it. I did it to have fun, <laughs> make friends, have something, an event in my night, something to look forward to, and I made some amazing friends. So that's what awesome. it's all about. Thank 100%. you, Chris. Good luck in the marathon. Right, Thank high you, five, man. All right, you got it. Thank you so Let's much. Shoot. Enjoy the league.